my purpose as an entrepreneur is to provide opportunities to young creatives who are undervalued and underappreciated. Thanks for tuning in to the Purposeful Story Podcast, where purpose drives our actions and our actions are a result of our purpose. When you have a strong enough purpose, every action you take in life has meaning and power to it. Every entrepreneur is on a journey to fulfill their purpose, and the world needs to hear it. So without further ado, let's get right into the show. All right, welcome to the Purposeful Story Podcast. Today we have Dwayne Holness, aka Dookie Dukes. He is the founder of Corex Creative, a digital media production company based in Toronto. And, you know, one of the many things I like about this dude is that he's really taking the time to put in the reps to build a strong core community of people who believe in his powerful message. And, you know, once you have people who are on board and you've put in those reps, um, they follow you like they're loyal. Um, he's worked with billion dollar companies, you know, for example, like Coca-Cola, like huge, huge companies. Mr. Calculated Steps, thanks for coming on the show today, man. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay, okay. So let's start off from the beginnings, yeah. the beginnings, the raw beginnings. Where were you born? Um, I was born in Jamaica, Kingston, Jamaica, to be exact, Spanish town, Jamaica, to be even more exact. Um, I came to Canada when I was five years old with my mom, just me and her. Okay. How was that experience, you know, growing up in Jamaica? Do you remember it really or? Um, yeah, I remember, I remember growing up. I remember the little things that I used to do as a kid, um, you know, creating little box carts <laughs> with elastic bands and, um, just running around, uh, just having fun, you know, and, and just kind of, um, being a kid. I, I remember being a kid, you know, and I think that's one of the, the, the biggest memories. I mean, I also remember the breakup between me and my, my, my mom and my dad. That was pretty intense. That's kind of something that kind of scarred my, my brain a little bit. So I'm always, yeah. I'm always, um, you know, I'm all, uh, it's I'll always be a memory, but like, yeah, like, um, those are the things I remember. Um, and then, yeah, we came here. Was that, was that breakup while you were in Jamaica? Yeah. Or? Yeah. So, um, they kind of had a falling out. I remember like my mom grabbing a bottle. Oh, wow. Um, gave him a scar on his face. Uh, and I remember that as a kid. And every time I used to go back, I, I would see that scar and that, that kind of give me that little memory. But, um, but you know, that's, that's, that's what sometimes some things as a kid stick with you, you know? Mm -hmm. And how is that, that experience alone? You know, you're a very successful dude, man, but you know, how is that experience? I guess you could say contributed to your success. It just made me hungry. Okay. It made me really hungry. Um, unlike people who are born in such a privileged environment, uh, I wasn't born in a privileged environment. My, my family is still in the same house that I, that I grew up in. Mm -hmm. I go there and I still sleep in that same house to this day. Um, my family doesn't eat every day. So they're, they're excited when they see me, <laughs> you know, and that's, and, and that's what kind of pushes my hungers. Um, I tell people, you know, when I go to, when I go back home, I go broke because I literally empty my bank account, literally empty my bank account. And that's, that's real, you know, and, um, because it, it like I, I come here because my dream is to build and to provide back home. Mm -hmm. So. Um, it's built, it's built just hunger. I'm hungry, man. I'm hungry and I want to do whatever it takes to, to really provide for my family. Okay. Fair enough, man. That's powerful stuff. So when you came, when you moved down to, to, you moved down to Toronto, correct? Jane and Finch. Jane and Finch. 
Um, which high school did you go to? Um, high school, I went to, so, so I, so I grew up in Jane Finch, um, public school. I went to, I, I, I went to Fir Grove public school. Then I went to Oakdale. Then I went to Beverly Heights middle school. And then from Beverly Heights middle school, I actually went downtown to Western Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, because my cousin at the time who uh, also lived with me, uh, he was into football and he was into basketball. So they had a really good program out there and I followed him, you know, cause he was kind of a big inspiration for me. So I went to Western Tech with him and, um, got expelled from there. And we could talk about that too. Got expelled from there. And then I got, mo- I got shipped back to Emory Collegiate. So yeah, so it's been a journey. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. When you got expelled, like, what did you get, what did you get expelled for, man? Like, <laughs> so that's the thing, right? I think a lot of people don't really know who I am. Yeah. Um, so growing up, I mean, especially growing up in Jane and Finch, you know, it's such a rough, rough, rough environment. And, uh, you, a lot of times you're forced to, um, have tough skin. So I developed tough skin. You know, I grew up, I was actually bullied. Wow. Uh, so bullied to the point where I'd stay at home all day. And, um, you know, it, it's, it, it really, it, I actually prayed that one day I hope I would not get bullied again. Mm-hmm. And that time came when I went to Western Tech with my, with my cousin and I kind of felt the sense of power because my cousin was there and he was kind of the, the big man on campus. And I came there and um, I was kind of feeling myself. I started to play football and basketball. It was really good. And I built a, I built a little, a little crew around me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our crew gave trouble. We, we, we started to, to develop a gang uh, called Wolfpack. I mean, people who know me know what time it is when I, when I talk <laughs> about Wolfpack. Um, but yeah, like it was, it was just, it was just a, a collective of us, you know, and, and we used to roll, roll downtown 50 deep easily. Wow. And that's from every, every, every community from Regent Park to, to, to Malvern to everybody. We had a little bit of everybody in our clique. So I kind of felt strong and I was, I was the leader of that group. Wow. So, you know, we ended up giving a lot of trouble. School couldn't really handle the, the handle us because they couldn't really tell us nothing. And they just kind of started kicking us out one by one. Wow. And I mean, what was going through your mind at that time? Were you, do you think you were trying to find yourself or were you sort of in a position where you weren't really who you are or I think it was, yeah, I was still trying to discover myself. I think it was a little bit of frustration because I didn't have, I didn't have um, a father figure growing up. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know how to be a man. I was kind of just replicating anything I'd see mm-hmm. and anything that felt good at the time. So, um, at the time, you know, like I was, it was, it just felt good. That power felt good. I just wanted to feel untouchable and to know that I have so many people supporting me on that, on that. I, I felt like I could do whatever. And, um, I was just, yeah, I was just lost and confused. And at the same time, it's crazy because I was acting at the same time. Interesting. So I was acting and I was, I was, I did theater. Um, I'm, I'm a full member at ACTRA, which is a acting union. So I used to be on set on like the grassy and all that stuff as an extra, you know, and I used to be around Drake and we used to kick it and all that stuff. So at the same time, I felt like things were kind of, interesting in terms of where I, where I was, um, on one end, 
I was learning the professionalism of being on set and being in the industry and learning how to speak and learning how to eat with your knife and fork and learning how to, you know what I mean, approach real professional situations. And on the other side, I was, I was in the hood. I, was, I had a bunch of people and we used to give trouble. So my mind wasn't completely gone. I, I knew what I was doing. I knew that I wanted to be more at all times, but I was kind of, I had friends who enjoyed a certain, dif- a, a different lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know what I mean? I used to carry guns under my bed. Wow. And a lot of people don't know that. So I think just that kind of just gave me a, a sense of toughness and, and I was tough. Yeah. I mean, I still am tough. I could, I could, I could, I could pick up a phone and call and make it happen. Yeah. You know, so the fact that I can do that, um, and do what I do now, it's a, it's a, it's a journey and I rather do, it's more challenging to be positive. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I, what was going through my mind at the time is just like, you know, it's just, I was just going with the flow and just whatever happened. I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to be. I was trying a bunch of things. As I said, I was acting, I was playing football, I was doing graphic design, I was doing photos, I was shooting videos. You know, I was, I was, I was playing the field mm-hmm. and I think playing the field is the best thing to do as a young, as you're young, because you, you, you figure out what you don't like. Mm-hmm. And as I kept doing more and more, I started to narrow down on what I do like. Yeah. And I mean, even part, it seems like, you know, you were trying to find yourself, even though some of the things you were doing were necessarily positive things. It was still a way of you trying to find yourself. I was navigating. Yeah. I was navigating through the situations and the, and the, and the cards that I was dealt. Okay. I was, I was, I was just playing with the cards that I was dealt. You know, my mom worked every single day and it was just me and her, you know, and her shifts are crazy. And I'm talking from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. and then from 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. Sounds so, like my mom's shift, nursing shift. Nursing, exactly. Yeah. She was a nurse. She's yeah. a nurse. So, you know, I was left alone all the time. So I didn't have anybody to talk to. I had to figure everything out on my own. Then I had to be my own man. I had to develop what a man looks like. So through all my mistakes, um, and everything, you know, like that's what made me who I am. Okay. That's powerful. So you were navigating, you know, I mean, you got expelled, but you were still sort of, you know, figuring stuff out after you, you got expelled. Um, what was sort of your next move to sort of bring you down the right path? Yeah. So getting expelled taught me a big lesson. You can have as many friends around you who are there for you at the moment. But when something happens that is drastic, you start to see who's really there. And when I got expelled, I had to sit home day in, day out while everyone else is living their best lives. And um, not many people even called to check up on me. So I think that was kind of the biggest wake up for me, you know, just to know that I thought we were all cool. I thought you guys got my back. I mean, but because I'm expelled and I can't come to the school and, you know, um, you know, I have to figure it out now on my own and nobody's giving, nobody's calling me, asking me if I'm okay or asking me, yo, let's go hang or whatever. No, everybody just continue to keep it moving. And that's kind of what's scary to me in life, you know, like you can have a, you can, yeah, you can have a a million people around you, but who are those people who actually care? And, um, that's what, that's what woke me up. And I, I said to myself, you know what, 
I'm going to do better. I'm going to be great. And I'm going to prove to people that I'm, I'm different. And I'm talking about from my, my so-called friends. I mean, they're still friends, but they are not, there are levels to friendship. Absolutely. So I know what level people were at. And, and on top of it, I do this for the people. I was once bullied as well. So I, I always wanted to just be bigger. I wanted to let people know that, man, like you messed up, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. Cause I love the, I love the feeling of, of, of people once hating, but now loving. You know what I mean? First they love you, then they hate you, then they love you again. And I love it. Just changing people's minds. I love it. <laughs> I'm going to continue doing me. Yeah. You could, you could hate me now, but eventually I guarantee you'll love it. Okay. Okay. So. What was your next move to sort of get into Corex? Yeah. So, um, as I said, like when I was young, I was doing so many things, mm-hmm. so many things, including graphic design, including photography, including video. So my thing with, especially when I got expelled, it kind of shift my, my focus a little bit more into like, yo, let me learn some more. Let me sit down and, um, teach myself all this, all these tools. I had YouTube, YouTube taught me everything. And I was acting at the same time. So I was learning acting skills as well as learning awesome. YouTube, everything I had. I took theater classes as well. Nice. So I learned mannerisms. I learned expressions. I learned how to like really have empathy. Right. And, um, I just learned a bunch of things. And with, with Corex and how it came with Corex was first Dookie Dukes. It was me. It was just my name. It was something that like I was going to brand myself as. This is me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a photographer. I'm a graphic designer. Just holler at me. Holler at Dookie Dukes, whatever. Um, so I actually went through a year or two of just tracking all the income that I would have generated from just myself. So every month I would like look January. Okay. I made this much February. I made this much and so on. And, um, I just, I said, because I, I like a lot of people want to pursue a business, but they don't know if it's a viable business. They don't know if it's something that's lucrative. And I wanted to make sure before I jumped into anything that is lucrative. So I tested it out. I gave myself a year of just looking at all the finances that I would generate for myself with, in with the, the skills. Yeah. So I, I then started, I said, I, in order for me to have a business, I need to have enough money to hire people. So I needed to do something to even, to, to make money, but even more. So, um, all those, all those, all that stats and all those data that I collected, it gave me an idea of where I was actually at. And it told me, it gave me an idea of what I needed to do to, to get to the level that I needed to be in order to, to create that. And Corex, I mean, Corex came from a branch off of Dookie Dukes. You know what I mean, on top of that as well, my thought pattern is how, how long can I go in business being Dookie Dukes? If I want a million dollars and I want to go up into these corporate offices, having a company named Dookie Dukes, it didn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, no, I need something that looks like and feels like TD Bank. I need a brand that looks like that, that looks timeless. That people can represent. You know, if I hire someone, they're going to say, oh, I work at Dookie Dukes. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, no, I'm going to create something. And first it was called Corex Media. 
But I always believed in one thing is the core. And when I say the core, it means there is a core amount of essentials needed to create success. You need a team. So the team is the core. And, um, that's what I stood by. First it was core X, like the core, the core 10 individuals, you know what I mean? The core as always a team. I always said, I need a team in order to get this um, ample, this crazy amount of money that I want to generate. I need a team. I need to be able to hire the people who are better than me. So that was where core, that's where, that's where core, core X media came from. And eventually I changed the name to core X creative. It just sounded a little bit better. Um, and then I rebranded and everything. And the great thing about it is I'm able to create my own logo. I created my own logo. The first one, it was shit, <laughs> but I started, you know what I mean? The journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step and whatever I was able to do first, that's what I did. And eventually people came on board. People started believing and they started developing the logos for me. They started de- de- developing the brands for me and the team started coming together. The beliefs started to come together and people invested their time into organizing this dream of mine. And it just eventually started to work. And obviously at first I couldn't pay everybody, you know, but I had to make sure that if they're investing their time into this, I wanted to make sure that they're investing, investing time that is worth it for them. And it's not, I don't want to use you. So if you feel like there's a place here where you can grow, where you can utilize your skills and add to your portfolio, then we all win. And that's what we, that's what I did. I had a lot of people come and go and I'm still friends with them. And I'm still good. It's just that our time was just limited. And that's because I didn't have enough funds to keep them around, which is understood. Um, but I, I, but without their time, I wouldn't have been here. So what goes into trying to figure out which person is right for, for the team? Finding a team is the hardest thing on life in life. Finding the team is the most challenging thing ever because everyone has different intentions. People come and people go and we can't get hurt by people coming and going because if it doesn't benefit them, they're going to leave. They can be here for a month or two. So what I learned is to just appreciate the time that they are here. I don't look for a team. A team comes to me. Interesting. I continue to work. I just continue to work. I do what I can do. If I have to do my own accounting, if I have to do my own graphic design, if I have to build my own website, if I have to make my own video, if I have to be my own salesperson, if I have to do everything, I'm going to do everything. And eventually someone will see that effort and want to help. And that's where my team came from. I'm not here posting up, oh, looking for this, looking for that. No, I believe I, I, I have, I want people to come in and actually believe in it. I don't want people to come in and try to just take, you know, so it, I, right now I my team is still limited. Um, but, but the team that I have, the, that one person that I have on my team is worth 10. Mm-hmm. And I rather that I rather us putting the hard work and I rather try to pay them more than to try to just get a bunch of people who don't actually believe in it, you know, cause I'd never worked a job in my life and I know what, I know what never, no. Wow. I've never worked a nine to five. So my mentality is just a lot different. I'm a dreamer. Mm-hmm. I'm a real dreamer. And I know what it is like when someone works a job 
that because I hear it all the time. You know I mean, you work a job that you don't like and all that stuff, or you're doing it just for the money. No, I want people to do it for that because they're passionate about it. Because I'm passionate about my life. Every single day I'm passionate. There's nothing, there's no day in my life right now that I feel like it's work. And if it feels like it's work, I'd rather not. Mm-hmm. That's it. I've, I've worked with a lot of brands. I work with a lot of companies. That's because I just continue to do me and they hired me. Yes. That's just it. You know what I mean? And, and that's what I want it to be. I want my life to be like that. Just hire me for me. Don't hire me to try to alter me mm-hmm. or alter who I am. If I come in and I want to be all excited about something, yo, I'm going to be excited about something. If I don't like something, I'm going to leave. That's just it. And I think life is like that. And we're, we're trapped in society, um, and all its rules. You know, we stay at places we don't like to be. We do things that we don't like to do. We, we, we claim we love things when we really hate things. We, we want to put on a show just to impress people. I don't want to do that. I want you to, I want you to take the raw me. I want, I come raw, unfiltered. <laughs> that's just it. I'm unfiltered. Like, if, however I'm feeling that day, that's how, that's what you're getting. I'm a kinder surprise. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Open me up. I don't know what, you don't know what to expect. You know, but at the end of the day, you're going to expect greatness. That's solid, man. That's solid stuff. So, um, is Corex something that you've always envisioned? A team is what I always envisioned. A team is what you've always envisioned. Okay. So, people who have known me, they, they know that I've created a movement called high class. Yeah. And high class was just another vision. And I feel like high class is a grad, um, this is, Corex is a graduation of high class. So anybody that is listening to this and want to get to know me, search up high class and just put Dukes and you'll see those pictures. I've always had a community around me and, um, I believed in a movement. I didn't even know what the movement was at the time. I just said, yo, high class, the mentality. And if you look at the name, this was the name that I created at 19 years old, high class. It's a mentality. It's not just a level of income. You know what I mean? It's, it's the mentality. I was in the hood and I was still saying high class. So I believe that I wanted my people around me to have that mentality that they can be high class. They can be more. And people, people loved it. People came out. We did photo shoots with over a hundred people. Some of the, some of the biggest people in this city now have been a part of high class. And a lot of people don't know that. I remember high class actually. I remember that. Femi Lawson was part of that. Yeah, of course. Marlon, Marlon Palmer, Palmer yeah. was a part of that. Um, so many people were a part of that, you know, and so many people that are doing great things now. So the vision was there. The vision was there to be surrounded by greatness. That's solid. That's solid. So, you know, I've, I've been following you for a while now too, man. And you, you become a master, you know, motivator mm-hmm. on, on Instagram. Yeah. At what point in time did you like sort of go to social media to just, you know, let everyone know, sort of motivate everybody? Like when, when, when did you start that? You see that that's an interesting thing, right? And I just posted it today. Um, and I always say soon the world will see your greatness. I've always been this way. If you go back 10 years ago, I was always putting up quotes. Mm-hmm. You know, I was always doing the same thing. I was just, I'm just it's repetition, repetition. Eventually the world will see it. And if you go back on my Facebook, I, I've always put pictures. I always put motivational quotes and I put motivational quotes, not to inspire others, but to inspire myself. It's just a reminder. Now I'm on Facebook and it's sending me reminders three years ago, five years ago of what you said to yourself. Mm -hmm. I love it. 
you know, but if it inspires people on the way, then I love it. I love it too. I mean, if me inspiring myself inspires others, then that's great. But everything I do is not for everybody. It's just for me. And if you don't connect with that at that point, then that's fine because it's just for me. It's something that I have to just remind myself. Every quote that I put up is a reminder to me, not specifically for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I've always been that way. 10 years going strong, you know, and now the fact that I knew that this time will come. And then when people start doing my re- their research, they're going to start seeing that this guy's been the same guy for over 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Nothing has changed. It's just I've been leveled up. I've been graduated. I graduated my brand. I listen when, when, when successful people speak, you know, and I take it in and I really apply it. A lot of people know these things and know these quotes and these motivational things, but it's a different feeling when you see someone actually applying what they say. Absolutely. And yeah. now that people are seeing that what I'm saying adds up to what I'm doing. Now that's the synergy that people are seeing. Now that's that energy that people are seeing. Right. And, um, yeah, I've always been this way, man. It's, it's nothing's changed. People that know me know that nothing's changed with me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are some of the, um, well, even some of the brands you've worked with, you've worked with tons of brands, you know, companies, you know, artists, entertainers, I guess, what's one company that you've worked with that sort of challenged you in the sense where you're like, wow, like I didn't expect this. This is, this is going to be a lot bigger than what I thought it would be. Um, challenges. Uh, I, well, there was, there was a, there, I had a challenge. So my thing was like, I'm always trying to figure out how do I get bigger brands to pay me more money. Mm-hmm. So I'm always thinking about it. Like, I don't want to be no small little, little mom and pop shop. Yeah. I want to be a big company that can compete with the biggest industries in the world. So, um, I, I asked for that and I got it. And the first, the first project I got, that was on that level was, I think it was an, it was for an app company, you know, and they paid me my biggest check at the time, $20,000 to shoot a commercial. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this is great, but it was over my head. Like I wanted this money, but then I started to realize we asked for these big things and we're not ready for it. Some people say they want a million dollars, but they don't know how to handle a million dollars. So when I got this $20,000 check, I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know like how to, now I had to build a team. I had to build uh, experts. I had to pay people. Right. So I fucked that up. Yeah. You know, I fucked it up. Um, it just, it didn't turn out well. The, the client just kind of just disappeared. Wow. Um, but luckily, you know what I mean? That I, I didn't have to pay back. Yeah. You know, the ca- client was just not happy. And then we just kind of cut ties there. Yeah. And that was a big learning lesson for me. You know, it was just like, I was glad that it didn't go into any sort of legal, legal thing, but, um, it, it taught me a lesson and I have to be ready for what I ask for. Mm. You know, I really have to be ready for what I ask for. And that's where for me, I have to be more strategic and to in, in, in my, in my thoughts and in my patterns, because if I'm saying I want to be a multi-million dollar company, I have to start thinking like a multi-million dollar person. And I have to start doing what multimillionaires do. Okay. And that's why I look to some of my mentors, Jay-Z and Diddy, these people who are living that life. And I'm always thinking about it. Like, what is your life like? What is your mentality like? I would rather 
your mentality than to get a picture with you. Like I want to, I want to know like, what is that spark in you that can take you from someone in the hood to almost being a billionaire? That is another level of thinking. That is, that is a no excuse mentality because we make excuses for everything. And then we wonder why we don't get it. So I want to eliminate excuses out of my vocabulary. I want to eliminate fear out of my mentality. I want to just accept greatness. And I want to push myself to that limit so that greatness can be achieved. And in order for that to happen, I have to condition myself. I learn to speak better. I'm from the hood. You know, and sometimes us from the hood, we don't really spend time increasing our vocabulary and our enunciation. Yeah. So these are things that I have to practice because I need to walk into these multi-million dollar companies, into these offices and tell them to write me a $50,000 check, but with elegance, mm-hmm. with, with being able to, 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 to sell myself in a, in a, in a manner that they can digest. Yeah. And speak slower. There's a lot of things I always, I'm, I'm my, I'm my toughest critic because I want to be great. I want to be D. I want to be Jay-Z. That is how I'm rocking it. And I have to keep an energy. I'm not here complaining. I don't complain about anything. You see me, I've, I've been, I've been running for five days straight. You see my eyes. <laughs> I just came from the gym too. So I haven't been sleeping a lot and I've made a commitment to be up every day at 5.30 a.m. So there's a lot of things going on. I can sit here and make a lot of excuses, but that's a disservice to myself. And a lot of people continue to fill their mind with lies. They, they lie to themselves. They say they're going to do things, but they don't do it. And the more you get comfortable in that, the less you will achieve greatness, the less you will strive, the less opportunities will come in your way. So yeah, that's, that's my mentality. I'm, I'm, I mean, my mentality is just very just, and I'm, I'm, I'm constantly like this 24 seven. I don't pollute my mind with any sort of nonsense. None. If you come to me and you start talking crazy, I'm putting you on mute. Uh-huh. I don't need you in my life. Simple. I'm making that decision right now. We got to make decisions faster. Solid, solid stuff, man. I guess a couple more questions. When mm. you're dealing with, let's say I'm, I'm Coca-Cola. I'm the CEO of Coca-Cola. Mm. What, what sort of things do you go to, um, you know, a big company like that? What, how do you, how do you sell yourself? What, what are some key things that you, you, you let them know? Like, Hey, you gotta go with, with, with Corex. Yeah. So the great, the thing that I'm very grateful for is that I have tons of mentors, mentors who work in these offices. Mentors who've built businesses on levels like that. And that has helped me so much in terms of my organization and how my approach should be. One of my mentors is a master negotiator. So I've learned some skills from him. My accountant is very great. I learned some skills from her. And in order to approach um, these big companies, it doesn't just happen where you walk into a, an office, you know, you'll get a request for proposal, um, also known as an RFP, where companies will put together a proposal as to how they plan on executing the intended project and attaching a budget to it. 
So from there, the, 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 the client now, the potential client reads over that and weighs that out between the many RFPs that they get. And you could also, and, and it's either you win the job or you don't win the job. And that's going to be based on your, your, how specific you are on how you're executing and the budget and if the budget works. Um, so I've been able to, to, to win a few RFPs and been blessed to have people around to guide me through that. And from there, then you set up the meeting and then you have a breakdown because they'll, I mean, by the time you get to the meeting, they'll either like love it or just want to know more information. Mm -hmm. So then you now have to kind of be able to illustrate your, your thoughts and your execution in a manner where it excites them. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. So what's next for Dwayne Holness? What's next? What's next? Dookie Dukes. What's next? Man, if I told you what's next, we wouldn't, we wouldn't, um, we wouldn't leave here today. <laughs> There's so much things going on. Yeah. You know, um, a lot of people don't know. I teach a six month training program for kids, um, from, from marginalized community. I teach filmmaking and media, I teach a media training program. So we're right now in the process of finishing up their final project. And then we're going to get ready for the graduation in October. That's POV. POV. Yeah. That's POV Third Street. So I've been with them for, for two years now and I've taken that to the level of big, the biggest level they've ever been to. Nice. You know what I mean? I'm starting to see my value because when I come in on things, I, I, I touch it and it turns to gold. Mm -hmm. So I love it. I love being able to come into spaces and, and be having the freedom to just be free. I don't want to feel like work. If you're not allowing me to do what I do, then I'm not a part of it. So they, they actually encourage me to bring myself, bring my heart. And just, and just be me. And that's, I, I, I was thinking about it today as well. And it's, you know what I mean? I was thinking about it today and I, I would say that I brought a heartbeat to POV. And, um, it's just that real authentic vibe and people love POV now. People are more in tune with POV and I love it. And I, that's happened with a lot of things that I've done. Um, just because it, people don't get the authentic vibe anymore. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, I mean, that's one thing. And then I got a couple music videos coming out. You know, I don't like, I have so many different things happening. I got some big music videos coming out. So I'm going to let the people know that I'm going to be the best director out here as well. Jeez. You feel me? It's just a matter of time before they see that greatness as well. Uh, I'm actually working on a book, Calculated Steps. Um, nice. So that's something that I've been, that that's going to come out in the next five years because I have to kind of put my perspective on my perspectives. Cause I think that's, that's a, that's a lot of, that's, that's really important. Um, I mean, then building Corex, um, that's being built right now. We got a, we got a couple commercials that are on the go right now that I've hired some directors to, to, to take on. So I'm more of an executive director. Um, I just get the money and I pay people. Nice. So I love that. I always said I wanted to pay people. And when I, when I got to write my first check, I was like, Oh my gosh, I want more. I want to be able to write someone a $50,000 check. I would feel so great. That's crazy. Yeah. You know what? That's my goals. I want to write someone a hundred thousand dollar check and say, yo, go chill out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I want to be able to do that type of stuff. And that's what I love. It's not about me. It's about what I could do for others. And that, that, that's what I bring in anything I do. Um, so, and then I had a brunch the other day. That was great. Um, man, I have, I have a, I have a little, um, web series that I'm, I'm working on called Creative World. <sighs> 
could go on and I on. Could go and move and I'm unpredictable, as my aunt would say the other day when I went to Jamaica, because I just slapped her with some money and she just started to cry. <laughs> She's like, man, why are you so unpredictable? And I'm like, yeah, I love it. As a business owner, the more you can leverage your time, the better it is for your company. There is this amazing online resource called Fiverr, where you can hire someone for just $5 to do just about any task for you. Whether it be logo design, market research, videography, or website building, Fiverr has it all. Please go to iamkobe.com forward slash resources and click on the Fiverr icon to make an account. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Welcome to the Purpose Round, where we ask our entrepreneurs the right questions that really bring out the purpose behind their business and their entrepreneurial journey. So, Dukes, what is your purpose as an entrepreneur? My purpose as an entrepreneur is to provide opportunities to young creatives who are undervalued and underappreciated because I feel like young creatives these days, especially myself growing up, um, a lot of people don't see the value and they don't want to pay you what you're worth. So I'm also creating a brand, a creative brand, which I, which I'm, which I'm working on as well. And that's to unite all the creatives. So my purpose is to be able to add values to my creative because I never want to see a starving artist. I hate seeing starving artists. So when I say I, I love paying people, I really love paying people, but if I don't have it, I'll let you know. And I, I'll let you know that it will come soon. Okay. What is an everyday habit that adds value to your purpose? Waking up at 5.30 in the morning um, every single day. And um, I write every morning, a page in my book every day. And um, I do a live stream every morning at 6.30 a.m. where I, I speak with a bunch of different people on my Instagram live. And every morning I'm learning so much from other people. I'm such a student. And I think that is something that has really like opened me up to so much more. I'll be on that September 7th. Yes. September 7th. I'll be on that. Yes. If you could have a conversation with one person living or dead, who would it be and why? Tupac. Tupac, eh? Yes. Um, I feel like, um, Tupac is someone that I, I want to emulate. He was so raw, was so talented. Um, and, you know, he spoke his mind and that's how I want it. That's how I want. That's, that's, that's someone I would, I would love to have a conversation because I know it'll get so heated and it'll be so truthful. Like he'll poke at my heartstrings and tell me what's real because people out here don't keep it real anymore. What is your main strategy for organizing your day? My main strategy for organizing my day is to create a to-do list. Every single day I create a to-do list. I have my calendar um, and uh, I delegate. What was your worst entrepreneurial moment and what did you learn from it? My worst entrepreneurial moment was when I got um, a check for $20,000, my first check for $20,000, and I fucked it up. <laughs> and um, I learned that I need to be able to build a team that can execute the, the job that is provided at hand and, and be clear on what I want, what I want out of it. If you had to build a business from the ground up with only a hundred dollars, how would you leverage that? Um, I built businesses with zero dollars and I think first it's not about the money. I think you have to put your passion, let your passion drive 
and then the money will, 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 will come and the people will come first is the passion, then the people, then the money. Mm-hmm. Which app or online tool do you use every day to help contribute to your success? Instagram. I knew you were, I knew of course. it. <laughs> I love Instagram. I, I, I love being able to, um, I mean, I, yeah, I have a 630 live Instagram stream and that's been very helpful in, in my development as well as just being able to share highlights with people and let people know what I'm doing and when I'm doing it. What's the best advice you've ever received? Don't get distracted by the noise. List your top three most influential books. How Successful People Think, um, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, and Principles. Tell us something that you think is true about business that most people don't agree with you on. That if you want to be a boss, it really costs. You really have to fill every single shoes before the shoes can get filled. Mm, that's powerful. Is there any last piece of value you can leave with our listeners? Um, I would like to say is do everything with love. Everything that you are going to do in life, attach love to it and you will see the fruits of your labor. And that's one thing that I, I start to realize, um, is why is all, why are all these things happening for me? And because I truly passionately love life, I love people. And I love growth. I want to be here for the next 60, 70 years. And my biggest fear is to die and be forgotten. If you live with that fear every single day, you're going to make sure every single day counts. Absolutely. And how can the Purposeful Story family reach out to you and follow you on your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, uh, reach out to me on Instagram at Dookie Dukes. If you want uh, to check out my business, it's Corex Creative on Instagram, CorexCreative.com. And you can find me if you want to, if you want to reach out to, to me, uh, my email is Dwayne at CorexCreative.com. But I would suggest that you, you email my, my project manager, Amanda at CorexCreative.com. But yeah, I'm, I'm not hard to find. I'm not hard to find. You type in my name, Dookie Dukes. You type in Dwayne Holness and you will find me. All right. Thanks for coming on the show today, Dukes. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, bro. I really appreciate it. Thanks for doing this. No problem. No problem. Thank you, Purposeful Story family, for listening to the Purposeful Story podcast. And remember, live every day with purpose so all your actions are clear. Peace. That's all for this episode. I hope listening to this podcast left you with valuable information that either strengthened your purpose or helped bring you closer to finding your purpose. We all have a different journey in life, and this podcast is in support of everyone's purposeful journey. Thank you so much for tuning in, because without you, there is no Purposeful Story podcast. Please feel free to email me at info at iamkobe.com and let me know what you thought of this episode. To help spread the valuable information this podcast has to offer, all I ask is for you to subscribe to the podcast via the Apple Podcast app, Podcast Addict, Google Play Music, or CastBox. Give a rating and pass this podcast on to one friend that you feel could benefit from this information. Don't forget to follow I Am Kobe Talks on Instagram for updates on new episodes and go to IamKobe.com forward slash Purposeful Story for more valuable content. Special thanks to DJ Anna for the beats and Lala Writes for the editing. Before you go, please remember 
That purpose drives your actions and your actions are a result of your purpose. Thanks again for listening. Talk soon.